You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. In connection with our text this morning, we have two readings. So we'll read together, first of all, Deuteronomy 18, beginning at verse 14. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. Thus far, reading from Deuteronomy 18, we'll turn now to John chapter 8, the verses 48 through 59. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. At this the Jews exclaimed, now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets, yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet fifty years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Now we turn back a few pages to our text, John chapter 4, verse 26. This comes after Jesus has spoken to the Samaritan woman and before his disciples return at the time that the the woman actually leaves him. And she says to him in verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
If there was ever a feeling that the Lord Jesus only works with basically good people, and that He just gives them that final push in the right direction into heaven, let this conversation with the Samaritan woman dispel that myth. Because Jesus came into this world to deal with sin, that means that He came into this world to deal with sinners. And praise God for that fact. Because He came to deal with sin, He must have come to deal with sinners. Praise God. And the Lord Jesus is, of course, very adept at this. He dealt with sinners all the way to the cross, paying for their sins, But we see here in John 4 that he also engages with sinners. He engages this woman in conversation. He uses the water that she is talking about in Jacob's well to teach her about the Holy Spirit and his powerful work in the lives of God's children. He brings up her past, her her sinful past. She's had five husbands, now she's living with a man she's not married to. He brings it up. And then he completely obliterates the wall that she tries to wreck between him, saying, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. This woman has no chance because she's dealing with the Messiah. She's dealing with Jesus Christ. And so finally she confesses her ignorance in verse 25 and she says, well, I'm waiting for the Messiah. I don't really actually know much. I'm waiting for the Messiah, and when He comes, He will explain everything to us. And it's at this point that the Lord Jesus lifts up the veil, so to speak, lifts up the curtain that stands between them and reveals Himself with authority, with power, and with truth. When He says, I who speak to you am He. What does Jesus reveal about himself here? When he says those words, those words are powerful and they're profound. I who speak to you am he. Well, he reveals nothing less than that he is the Messiah, the Christ. The anointed prophet of God who speaks the very words of God. Moses spoke about this prophet in Deuteronomy 18. Of course, all prophets of God speak the word of God. Jesus is the ultimate prophet who speaks the word of God because he is God himself. And the Samaritans, you'll remember, they only took the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Well, they also lived in expectation then of this prophet spoken about in Deuteronomy 18. But, of course, since they rejected the rest of the Bible, they did not accept the other prophets who had come. They were waiting for the great prophet to come along after Moses. Moses had said in Deuteronomy 18 that the Lord was speaking to Israel, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command. So this woman, in spite of her rejection of much of the Bible, was still looking forward to someone who would reveal the truth, who would speak God's words and who would bring God's people closer to him. Jesus declares to her, I am He. I am the one who speaks the very words of God. But Jesus is far more than just the the anticipated prophet 
of the Old Testament. Of course, the Samaritan expectation was, was largely limited by their rejection of much of the Bible. But even more, Jesus reveals that He is the revelation of God Himself. Because He is God Himself. What Jesus literally says in in verse 26 is, I am who speaks to you. I am. These words, I am or I am He, ego eimi in the Greek, are used several times by Jesus in the Gospel of John for his self-disclosure as he reveals to the people who he is. I am. It keeps coming up like a refrain through the book of John. I am, I am, I am. And through those words, he's teaching the, the people of God to reach higher and, and deeper in their understanding of who Jesus is. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the gate. You must pass through me. I am the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The climax of these revelations come when Jesus simply says, I am. He's arguing with the Jews in John 8, verse 58. Jesus says to them, before Abraham was, I am. And here he clearly identifies himself as the same one who had spoken to Moses in Exodus 3, who had said, I am who I am, the great I am. Jesus reveals that He is the eternal, self-existent, world-creating, people-saving, sin-forgiving, love-expressing God, the Lord, Yahweh, I am. In John 18, when the soldiers come in the night to arrest Jesus, and Jesus says the same thing, I am, It causes them to fall back to the ground because that statement is so powerful. Well, Jesus had engaged this woman in conversation. He had forced her down to the foundations of her life and her need for a Messiah. And then he powerfully revealed to her that he was that Messiah and much more. When the Lord does this to you, you cannot cease... You cannot help but be amazed. Whether He comes to you as you are living in a sinful lifestyle, or in a hopeless world, with all sorts of barriers to to God, or whether Jesus comes to you along a path of sanctification, He comes to you again, and again, and again. But when He reveals Himself, it is always amazing. Because he reveals himself as I am. I am the eternal, self-existent, world-creating, sin-forgiving, people-saving, love-expressing God. He is the powerful Lord of the universe, the anointed King. Now why does Jesus reveal himself to this woman? Well, simply this, for her Salvation. When the Lord reveals Himself to His people, or to people, it isn't in some superficial way. It's not so that the woman could could understand, oh, you're the guy we were expecting. Oh, okay. And leave it at that. No, Jesus' revelation of Himself is, is powerful and it's effective. 
when the Lord Jesus comes to you and, and lifts the veil before your eyes, shows himself to, the, to be the Messiah, the anointed prophet, priest, and king of God, when he shows himself to be Yahweh, the Lord of heaven and earth, when he brings the living water of the Spirit to your lives, Jesus makes a difference. It's effective when he reveals himself. It's saving. To those whom God's Spirit has prepared, when God has prepared the hearts of people, they humble themselves, they acknowledge their need, I'm waiting for the Messiah. When we turn from our sins and recognize the glory of God in Jesus Christ, then this revelation is faith-inducing. It stirs up faith and trust in God. It's hope-satisfying because He is the hope of our lives, of our hearts. The deep longings of our soul for reconciliation with God. It's love-producing. stirs up a spiritual and mental and emotional response of, of deep thankfulness and praise to God. When He lifts the veil and shows Himself as the great I Am, it makes a difference. And how does He do this? He does it through His Word. Deuteronomy 18. He will speak the word of God to you. What Jesus does is He brings the word of God into your heart, into your mind, into your life. Jesus says, I am He who speaks to you. And I don't think those are just throwaway words from John. Well, Jesus is talking to her, so that's why He includes this. No, John, the writer of this gospel, is very aware of the fact that Jesus is the Word of God, John 1. That He has the words of eternal life, and that these words are powerful. And that this Word is contained in the Old Testament, is being recorded in the Gospel of John. And it's being passed on to to us to have the same effect on us that it had when the world was created through the word of Christ. That's powerful and effective. And so hear the word of God. See Jesus the Savior revealed as God, who is powerful, forgives sins, who gives us eternal life, and believe in Him. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.